and you may be seated. Good morning. It's good to see you here this morning. We're very excited to have with us some guests, Jonathan and Tommy Ann. They are International Mission Board missionaries, your International Mission Board missionaries that uh, have been sent out by you and by the International Mission Board. And I'm not going to talk a whole lot because I want them to have as much time as possible. But just to orient our thoughts and our hearts, listen to First Chronicles 16, verse 23 and 24. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. We're so excited to hear how God has been using you, working through you. But also, church, this is... Uh, an opportunity for you to hear where your dollars go and what your dollars accomplish through giving to the International Mission Board and especially giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. So having said that, Jonathan, Tommy Ann, you guys come on up and share how the Lord is using you in East Taiwan. Good morning. We've enjoyed the uh, worship this morning, and uh, we're excited about being here uh, together. My name is uh, Jonathan, and this is my wife, Tommy Ann. Uh, I'm from uh, Cincinnati originally, and uh, my wife is from Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, also attended Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. I'm a graduate from there as well. So we did spend some time going through Bun a lot between Wake Forest and uh, Rocky Mount. Uh, so in the next, you're going to see a video about the IMB.
National Mission Board is the biggest mission sending agency in the world, and we're supported by you all, by the cooperative program and by giving the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. So we'll, the stories that you hear today is us together, partnering together, go and reach the nations. So we're in countries all over the world, but, but this uh, time we're going to be talking about uh, where we serve. So for 16 years, we've been serving with the International uh, Mission Board. And for 14 years, we served uh, with the East Asia uh, peoples. And so in the next slide, you'll uh, see a picture of us uh, where we served for 14 years. We lived in a closed country. So for 14 years, we really couldn't talk about much publicly about our work because we wanted to protect our national partners uh, and uh, protect th their families and churches and also allowing us to stay in closed countries for so long. During those 14 years in East Asia, we, uh, praise the Lord, we were able to see uh, many churches planted. Uh, we opened up a theological school uh, to equip pastors. Uh, did that for, for seven years, so half my time was at 14 years. Uh, we, we did that, and uh, we loved living in that area. But then 2020 happened. Yes, like probably everyone in this room, 2020 was a really difficult year for us. We left our country of service in January of 2020 for what we thought would be a couple of weeks um, just to get some medical care for my husband. And we packed our little bag of all of our little hotel shampoos and our pajamas and just the things we thought we'd need for a couple weeks. And about three months later, we still were unable to go back into the country that we had served. And we found out that we were never gonna be able to go back there again because of some security issues that he had run into that uh, came about while we were out of the country. So our friends, our ministry, our home that we had built there, we never got to return to. This was a really tough year of loss for us, in addition to losing a close coworker to COVID during 2020. So, um, but as he always does, the Lord just gave us so much grace and we were offered a new job assignment to move to East Taiwan and we came back to the states to get a new visa and in 2021 we were able to go back to taiwan and our life was completely different there my husband mentioned that we worked um, with he didn't use this word but we worked with underground mm -hmm. theological education and church planning networks we uh, tried not to even learn the word missionary in the language of the country we spoke because we didn't want to have a reaction if somebody said that word. Um, obviously, we did learn it, but we tried to put it out of our mind. So when they said, when you're a missionary, we would just be like, hmm, you know? <laughs> so two, as you can see on your screen, here I am at the WMU meeting holding an international mission board banner. So it was just such a contrast of life for us to be serving in a wide open country versus where we had gone to live. But the Lord really just was so gracious to give us a clear, fresh call to Taiwan, and we are so happy to be serving there now. So in the next video, you're going, we're going to introduce you to the Asia-Pacific Rim. Uh, that is the um, area that we're serving now. So we're going to play that video. It's an introduction. To know us is to know we're many. 2.3 billion and counting stretching from Mongolia in the north to the southern islands of the Pacific. We are the Asian Pacific Rim peoples. 
We're a diverse group. Our cultural differences are immeasurable. Overcrowded cities, barren landscapes, towering mountains, sun-kissed beaches, democratic structure, military control, immense riches, crippling poverty, honoring tradition, paving new paths, rice fields and cubicles, flip-flops and suits, deserts and rivers, coffee and tea. And while our cultural differences are vast, with over 43,000 of us dying every day without Christ, our ultimate need is the same. We need Jesus. For many of us, faith is insignificant. Others worship many gods. And though some of us are devoted to religion, the vast majority of us have yet to meet the one true God. Our eternity demands urgency, demands prayer, demands sacrifice. The harvest is certainly plentiful, but the laborers, they are few. Will you join the Lord of the harvest? The Asia Pacific Rim, or APAC for short, uh, one of my several jobs is to serve as the Chinese liaison. Uh, within APAC itself, it's a large area. There's a great uh, need. We have 43,500 people that are dying daily without Christ. And each of these countries that you see is all of APAC from from Japan all the way down to Fiji and Australia, Indonesia and Thailand and Taiwan. Each of these countries have a large pocket of a Chinese population. So my role is to connect with each of these IMB uh, uh, countries uh, and clusters um, and to be able to provide trainings for them, to provide um, anything that they would need to reach the Chinese people. Uh, we can also come in and do trainings or uh, in the Philippines in the fall we're going to uh, meet with the convention and they want to open uh, theological um, schools there. We're going to help open some schools or theological pastoral training schools, leadership development there. And so that's one of my roles is the APAC Chinese liaison. So Taiwan is where we currently live. Uh, we've been there two years. Uh, Taiwan has 23.57 million people. And uh, if you look at uh, Taiwan, compare it to North Carolina, uh, North Carolina is four times, almost four times bigger than Taiwan. And so the next slide, you'll, you'll see the comparison. So the next slide uh, shows Taiwan, and we have a population of one million people in the east coast of Taiwan. The picture is of me and the chief. He's, uh, we have six tribes, and he's one of the tribal chiefs in this area. So the east coast of Taiwan is uh, Elon County, Hualien County, Taidong County, one million people. All the other people live on the west side. That's where the population is. That's where the cities. There's a mountains that run straight down Taiwan, and you can't just drive 
uh, from Hawaii and from the East Coast straight over. You actually drive all the way around the island. So it takes us a long time if, I, if you have to go to the west side or go up north. The distance is from Taidong, that's the city that we live, to Taipei, which is the northern part, which is the capital. It's a seven hour uh, and 30 minute drive for us. And we probably do at least once a month to go up there. So it's uh, a long drive, but I think it's actually only 200 miles. Yeah, it's just about 200 miles, but, <laughs> but we, takes it's seven and a half. <laughs> mountainous roads, and I think you can go 50 kilometers an hour, which is about 30 miles an hour is the maximum speed that yeah. we drive. And the Aboriginals, they live up in the mountains, so we go to remote areas in the mountains. Uh, it's been 40 years since we've had IMB missionaries living in our area, and so we are excited to uh, be uh, to be there. So for the Taiwan tribes, we have 16 uh, tribes. Each tribe has their own language, their own culture, and uh, Taidong County is where we live. And just in Taidong County, which is in southeast Taiwan, we have the Ame tribe, the Paiwan tribe, the Bunum tribe, the um, Puyuma tribe, the Lukai tribe, it's spelled with the R, um, the Lukai tribe, and then the Dao tribe, spelled T-A-O. So those are six tribes there in our area. So I want to introduce you all to one of the tribes, and so they're going to greet you. Hello, good evening. We are Taiwan tribe. Would you pray for us? Thank you. So sweet. That's one of our pastors, and they work so hard on that English. And that long thing that you heard them say and that you couldn't understand, all that was just Jesus loves you. Um, so as you'll see on the next slide, we are uh, living in Taidong now. It's just a small. So when you think of Taiwan, if you were like me, I thought the majority of, well, I, I just thought Taiwan was made up of Chinese ethnic people. And that is the majority, are Han Chinese, but they have Aboriginal, just like Austronesian, kind of think Polynesian or Samoan people that are indigenous to Taiwan, and I had never heard of that. And those are who the people that we work with. Um, so you can see this is just a pastor and his family in some of their tribal clothes there. So we do love working with the tribes in Taiwan. And if, on the next slide, you'll see this is actually where we live. Um, in a rice field. <laughs> and so just, you know, I mentioned how much of a contrast living in Taiwan was as far as the work and just being open as missionaries, but it's also been a huge contrast in our life. Jonathan mentioned that there's about 23 million people in Taiwan. That is about the population of the city that we left. Did you hear me? The city that we left has about the population of the entire island of Taiwan. And now we live in this rice field. 
So it is quite a difference of life for us, but we actually love it. I prefer it, actually. <laughs> so in the next few slides, you can just go through them at your own pace. Um, but these are some of the things that we see in Taiwan. You know, where we lived before, there was a period of time in history where they took away religion. So not only was Christianity taken away, but everything was kind of wiped out. But in Taiwan, they didn't have that period in history. And so all their worship of idols is alive and well. They have been doing it for thousands of years. And so we just see very active temples where before we may have seen a temple, if it wasn't a holiday, not a lot of activity. But daily at these temples in Taiwan, we see people actively worshiping these idols. Um, we live on the coast, so they have sea gods and goddesses that they worship. Of course, Buddhism, tons of ancestor worship. We see these daily. Even on our street, there's a temple. And sometimes we can't even get home on our street because they've closed the street for temple activity, which is just, there's burning offerings and things like that. So very, very active in idol worship. And they truly have no hope. When you go to these temples or walk past these temples where we live, you'll see uh, right here is is this, um, like these bowls, and we'll have this um, dirt that's in there. And so there'll be incense, incense sticks. And what you'll see is they'll grab those incense sticks, they'll bow three times uh, in front of the idol. And what they're doing is they're asking wisdom of, uh, who should I marry? What job should I do? Should I go to college? Uh, where should I work? And, and their hope is in these wooden, empty, uh, idols, and it really will break your heart when you go and watch these people. People that are sick, um, people that are in pain, they'll go there and ask, can you, we, we're just looking for something, something that can either take away the pain or take away the emptiness. But what the key thing that we do is we want to make sure to pour what does the Bible say. So we're going to look at Romans 10, 14 through 15. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how uh, shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. We have four purposes in Elon County, Hualien County, and Taidong County, which is East Taiwan. We have prayer, we have leadership development, cross-cultural missions, and evangelism. The first is obviously prayer. Prayer is the foundation of everything that we do. Um, you know, to take the new assignment in Taiwan, to where to live in the three counties that we serve, um, all those foundation of prayer, get to our city, asking the Lord, who do you lead us to work with? So these very big picture things we are praying on. But what we are trying to instill in the people that we're working with is to pray about everything. There's no decisions that we make without prayer. And this is just an example of one of the prayers that we have encouraged them to always pray, um, like when we're going out for evangelism. We want them to ask the Lord to open doors of opportunity for people to share with, 
to be working in the hearts of the people who will hear the gospel. And then this is the hardest for them and us too, right? To open our mouths and just share the gospel with them. So we can talk about prayer in a big picture level where we're just praying and, you know, basing our work decisions and our foundation and our strategy on prayer, but also just in our daily life. Just like you're saying, man, you need Jesus to go to Walmart. You need to be <laughs> praying like in any of these decisions is what we're trying to, to teach our folks. Um, and if on the next slide, you'll see some QR codes. Um, this is just a way that we would love to connect with you guys. Um, this is like our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. They're all the same updates, but just depending on which platform you guys use, we'd love for you to scan one of these QR codes. And if you miss it today, no problem. We can get it to you afterwards. But every day, Jonathan posts uh, what we're doing and how you can be specifically praying for us. So we would love for you to uh, sign up on one of those platforms and follow along daily and praying with us. I want to share just about an answer to prayer that we saw. So um, off the coast of Taiwan, there are two islands that also fall under our area. And one is called Green Island. And we took a group of Wayu missionaries. You're going to hear that word several times today, Wayu missionaries. What that is, uh, is a mission-sending organization that the INB uh, partnered with the Taiwanese Baptist Convention to start an organization where we can send ethnic Chinese out as missionaries. And so we had the privilege of working with these, uh, a lot of these folks before they go out to the mission field where they're going to serve. And we took a group over to Green Island, and uh, they rotated out, but they ended up staying there about a month. But when we were there, if you can see in the picture on the, I think that's the left, y'all. I'm really not good at my left and right. See, there's a guy in a yellow shirt. Not the picture of Jonathan, but in the far corner, there's a church. And then there's just a little alley. And then we're right across the street talking to these people sitting in a chair. That's the church on Green Island, there's only one. And these people live just a few steps away from the church. So we would pass them all the time, coming back and forth to the church. They would just sit outside, and so we would always talk to them. And one day, Jonathan asked, have y'all ever been to the church? And the wife answered, every time we go over there, we throw up. And we thought, well, okay, that's... So as we just kept talking to them, and... Um, we were able to you know, build a relationship with them, share the gospel. We have both been able to share the gospel with them. We have had our YU missionaries there sharing, the lady in the yellow shirt with her back to the camera. She lives there on Green Island. She's had many opportunities to share with them. Um, and in the next slide, so we had just been praying for them. And the lady who lived in the yellow shirt in the previous picture, that's her facing the camera there, she actually moved back onto the main island of Taiwan. But she still made trips over to visit Green Island, and she came to see us after one of her trips. She's actually one of our one, two, three next generation leadership development students, which we'll hear more about that. But she wanted to share with us that she had just come from Green Island, and as she's talking to us, she's talking about the couple across the street from the church that we always saw. And she used a vocabulary word that I didn't know, so I had to get my dictionary out and look and see what is she saying. Turns out she's trying to tell me that the wife of this couple is a spirit medium. So I thought, well, no wonder she throws up every time she walks over to the church. But through, after a year of hearing the gospel, on this trip, right before she came to see us, and she came to see us right before we came here to the States, this couple, the spirit medium and her husband, both prayed to receive Christ. So this is just ways that when you're praying for us, when we put these people's pictures up on Facebook or whatever platform, they're just real people that are hearing the gospel, and we're just asking the Lord to change their hearts. So what a spirit medium is and does is that um, every temple that you see, um, 
their spirits that they'll uh, worship. They also do ancestor worship. What that means is when family members um, pass away, uh, they will uh, set up a shrine or idol in, in their homes and businesses. And normally it's a picture of that family member and they'll pray to them and seek wisdom for them and they pray to them. So they need that spirit medium to help communicate. So uh, realistically, it's very demonic. And so she talks to spirits and uh, she was in her 80s and everyone on the island would go to her to speak to the evil spirits. Um, so to see her give her life to Christ and radically change her and her husband uh, was amazing. So next is leadership development. Um, when we moved to uh, Taidong, again, it's been 40 years since we've had IMB missionaries uh, living among the tribes and people. 70 years ago, we had IMB missionaries that came by boat <laughs> and they planted churches because it's the East Coast. Uh, that's the first place that you hit on the boat. And uh, uh, the, there was... Um, Several churches, these are Baptist churches that we work with, and they planted churches there. Well, about after 30 years, the missionaries uh, either retired or, or left, and for 40 years, we've had no uh, Baptist uh, missionaries, IMB missionaries living among there. Now, we've had other organizations and other denominations that have come through, um, but uh, we haven't had any IMB uh, missionaries uh, living there. So... When we were down there, we began to just ask wisdom of the Lord of what do you want us to do uh, in ministry here? And so what we notice is going to every single church is uh, there was a gap. There was a lot of children and a lot of elderly, but everyone else is gone. We live in remote areas, so most people, the younger generation, leave uh, because there's not much work <laughs> where we live unless you want to do farming. Um, and so the younger generation is uh, not really there. We also notice all the pastors uh, are about retirement age. So we begin to ask pastors, hey, we have a question. Where is your next generation of leaders? And they said, we don't know. So I go, when are you planning to retire? And they said, two years ago, in three to five years, they're going to retire. We've already had one pastor already retire, but the problem is, is the people that will replace them um, unfortunately, are not aboriginal. The aboriginal's culture and the rest of the Taiwan culture is very different. Aboriginals are very blunt in your face. They just tell it how they see it. And the rest of Taiwan is not like that. <laughs> They're not going to. So the language, the food, we eat lots of meat, and the rest of Taiwan doesn't eat lots of meat. Everything is very opposite of each other. But the main thing is for, for the, uh, the aboriginals is that there is very unique languages for each one, and they can reach their, their tribes uh, easier. So we go, we really want to see next generation leaders. We want to see aboriginal pastors and missionaries being sent out from these churches. So um, after talking with them, I decided to develop a uh, next generation. It's called 123 Next Generation uh, Development uh, for our area. Uh, this is a partnership with uh, New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. In our other country, we had a partnership with New Orleans, and we had a theological school, which was, uh, through, which was through New Orleans. They graduate, they receive a uh, undergraduate credit. They also uh, receive this pastoral ministry certificate from New Orleans. Uh, the neat thing is we spent time talking with the Taiwan Baptist Theological Seminary. They also um, receive undergraduate credit if they choose to 
pursue a bachelor's degree. Um, so for our Aboriginals, brothers, sisters, most of them uh, may only have an elementary education or maybe only have a middle school, maybe high school. Few will have bachelors and very few would ever uh, be able to go to seminary based on the, the requirements that they have um, to go. So the next slide, it shows about the 123 program. Uh, the 123, uh, the one in 123 stands for one goal. Is, which is to equip the next generation of leaders for the glory of God. The two and one, two, three is, a, is two years, uh, is the, uh, the amount of time it takes to go through the entire program. Uh, the three is three pathways. One pathway is to be sent as a missionary. Uh, Huayu is our uh, missions sending agency for ethnic Chinese. These are for ethnic Chinese for all over the world. Uh, these could be people in Malaysia or any, almost every country in the world has Chinese. Um, and it's a two-year term, like our journeyman term with the International Mission Board. Uh, we can send them out to countries that um, our U.S. passport uh, cannot get into, but they go to the Middle East, and they are in Africa, and they're in all over the world reaching those tough places. So there's three key components of our one, two, three leadership uh, program. Uh, this has been going on now for two years. We'll have a graduation, almost two years, we'll have a graduation in spring. Um, it started out originally in Taidong and then um, other areas in Taiwan won this training. That was not my purpose. <laughs> but uh, a lot of people got excited, and so we've now already opened up centers in Taipei. We have centers in Taichung, which is in the western part, and uh, we're going to open up... Uh, uh, this year in the Philippines with the 123 program, and we have another area, a closed area that's opening up the 123 program as well. Uh, our seminary, why there's a huge need for this is our seminary, Taiwan Baptist Theological Seminary, only has 20 graduates a year. We need uh, a lot of pastors. Half the pastors in the next uh, five to 10 years will retire. That means we need 325 pastors in the next five to 10 years. So we need to be really thinking outside the box, and the one, two, three can um, help with that. So there's three pathways. One is to go as a missionary for two years. The, the next pathway is to go as a pastor uh, intern, intern these, at these churches where the pastor is going to be leaving in a few years. Uh, they can be doing that. And then the uh, third is as a church uh, planter. Those are three pathways. Uh, the second uh, part that I skipped is the practical hands-on mentoring, which makes it very unique than other programs. What we do is every single month, we go and get with the students, and we have uh, a list of questions that we ask uh, of them, really personal questions, because we want to challenge them. There's four things we do during that mentorship every single month. It takes about two hours is to ask them, one, hey, how are they doing? We just want to lovingly care on them. Uh, two, what we're going to be doing is really just um, uh, challenging them. Hey, what did you do the previous uh, month? Third thing we'll do is to say, what are you going to do next month? And then four, we go and uh, pray. Uh, so you can go to the next slide. This is our website. We can share that later. It's in English and Chinese. You can go to the next one. Let me go next. 
third thing we focus on is cross-cultural missions. He's mentioned about the 123 program, and one of the requirements of 123 is you have to go on a cross-cultural mission trip before you can graduate. So we led our first one this spring to the Philippines to work with Chinese Filipinos there. And uh, if you, on the next slide, you'll see a lady in a yellow jumpsuit. See her on the edge of the screen? I just want you to pick, remember her because I'm going to tell you a story about her in just a second. Okay. You can go to the next. Right. So we just really, really wanted to be challenging them to go and make disciples. Uh, Matthew 28, 19, 20 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the earth. So the lady in the yellow, her name is Sharon. And I want to read, I have a text message here, but I'm just going to read it to you because I know it's small on the screen. But one of the things we did, we do it all over Taiwan, and we did it on our trip to the Philippines, is we have a evangelism training that we do where we teach people how to share their testimony in the gospel, and then we take them out to actually use that training. Well, we were going to have a training at the Manila Chinese Baptist Church later in the week, but some of their members wanted to join us before the training, so we just kind of gave them a quick crash course in the training, um, and then we went out to share and so I just want to read to you what Sharon wrote about that training. Um, she said, hello to her Manila Chinese Baptist family. Um, I want to share my experience in evangelism training yesterday. I'm so nervous, I don't think I can do it. Those were my words after a 45-minute crash course training on street evangelism. I've been a Christian for at least 25 years or more, but never really knew how to share the gospel, to say the least, with a stranger. But when our pastor called for this training because missionaries from Taiwan were coming to conduct the training, I signed up originally to support my pastor, not really knowing what I was signing up for. After the training, we were in groups of three, supposedly, but in my case, I was with a group with just one other person who was a Taiwanese and could not speak English or Tagalog, which is the language they speak in the Philippines. So that left me with no choice but to gather up my courage to speak and share. I prayed really hard and surrendered to God. The next thing I know, I was there witnessing God's work in my own life. All I did was give a few hours of my time, walk in a park, open my mouth, but honestly the words came from him. Even the heart did not feel hurt by being rejected, all came from him. It was so amazing when we allow ourselves to be used by God, uh, we are blessed to experience his work through our lives and how it can bring blessings to others. He equips those he called, and as a Christian, we're called to go and tell the good news. So please, please make time to come to our training this Saturday. And I just love that testimony because it's like our, the favorite part of our job is just to see others be excited about sharing the gospel. And is there, are there any of us who that couldn't be our testimony? Like the first time we go out to share the gospel, we're so scared, we don't know what to do. But then we find it's actually not us, it's the Lord speaking to us. We just have to be obedient and go out and share the gospel. And he does the rest, so... It was exciting. Another thing we got to do on this trip was actually go into some businesses. Um, a, a person owned a meat factory, and they invited us to come in and share the gospel with their employees. And so we did, and we saw several believe. But what was really exciting about this was the son-in-law of the factory owner, Jonathan, was able to train him in our discipleship program that we use so that he can every week over lunch have a discipleship class with these employees who indicated that they believed in Jesus. You know, we're not about getting people to pray a prayer. We want them to 
grow in their walk. You know, we're called to go and make disciples. So it's just really exciting to see this factory owner's family be excited about um, their co-workers coming to know Christ and discipling them. Another opportunity we had was um, to share in a restaurant. I'll go ahead and you could, well, you go ahead and share about a food. Okay, I'll try to do this quick. So um, there was an opportunity at the house church that fled China because of persecution, now lives, now is in the Philippines. Uh, we got to train them in evangelism training, and so they wanted to apply it immediately, and so they were able to, um, this is the Philippines prison uh, slide. And uh, so he was able to talk to the local prison. There's over 130 mainland Chinese uh, imprisoned in the Philippines for whatever reasons. Um, and then there's two Taiwanese there in there. So we got it to be able to get our one, two, three students in there, share a full gospel presentation. The prison even provided a whiteboard to do the presentation uh, as well. And uh, the stamp that you see is that that stamp says, hey, they can leave the prison. So they didn't have to continue staying in there. So. We have a lot of evangelism stories built in here, but I think we shared about evangelism. We can go through yeah. maybe. Um, we have a ton of other stories, but because of time, we can share with you all uh, more in person. Just, we've been really excited to see a lot of people come to faith and want to grow in their faith. And what's even more exciting is seeing our national people that we have poured into be excited about leading others to Christ. I'm just going to share in just a few minutes about our evangelism. Um, so I wanted to make a training for them. Uh, and so I made a good news training. We use the two ways to live. It's basically how to share the gospel by using a pen and a paper only. So you can share with any time, uh, share anytime, anywhere with anyone. And so that's one of our trainings. And so uh, one thing, the next slide, you'll see this little kid's hands. And so during the training, family says, hey, can we bring our kids? At first, I was like, ooh, I don't know if I'm bring a whole bunch of kids and for a four-hour training. I don't know if they could sit through that. But what we found out was amazing is the kids would come, and they did an amazing job. Um, this kid's five years old. He sat through the four-hour training. He loved it so much. At the end of the training, he could go to the board and share a gospel presentation in four minutes by just using a pen and paper in front of a crowd this size, a five-year-old. We saw this over and over and over. The children could do all this. One of our missionary, IMB missionary families, says, my kid can't sit through anything. He can't sit still for five minutes. But that kid sat through the four-hour training, ran up the board every time we practiced. And at the end, he, uh, the father said he, he's super, super shy, but stood in front of everyone, a crowd this size, and was able to share the gospel. So I want to encourage you, get your families involved in going out and sharing the gospel. The next slide is our Hawaii missionaries on the way to Taipei. We just stopped having lunch. These two people are uh, high school students. They turned uh, uh, to us, stared at us, and are two Hawaii missionaries that we trained and we equipped them. Immediately said, have you heard the good news? They shared the gospel in four minutes, and these two believed, and we immediately connected them with churches. Uh, this is another uh, place that we're just eating at, and then the Hawaii missionaries said, hey, have you heard the good news? Share the gospel. This restaurant owner believed. Next story real quick with the people in the red shirt and the pink, lady in the pink, because this is my favorite story about just how we have encouraged our people to pray that prayer, open the door for opportunities, and um, open hearts and open our mouths. And we pray that, and we trust the Lord to answer that prayer, but what does that look like? And I just want you to focus on this man in the red shirt here beside the lady in the pink. She was sharing, this is one of our one, two, three students. She was sharing the gospel with a family that owned a fish restaurant over on Green Island, and the father heard them and came out, and she was able to share the gospel with him. And he said to her, you know, I've been thinking these last few days about my sin, and how can I reconcile it? 
And so she was able to share with him the one and only way to reconcile our sin. And he did pray to receive Christ along with three other members of his family. And so, you know, just trust the Lord. We pray and say, Lord, work in hearts. And he does. God has already done his job. He is working in people's hearts. But it's our job to be obedient and go out and share. Because what would that man be doing today about his sin had that missionary not come and shared with him? So uh, for four months, we had these FAU missionaries. Uh, they could not get visas to the countries that they were going to during uh, 2021. So FAU asked, hey, could they come to East Taiwan? And you could pour into them, mentor them, ride trainings for them. I said, sure. So we ended up going all around Taiwan and doing evangelism trainings with churches and uh, taking them out so that they can continue. But just in the four-month period, that's how long they were with us, we we were able to see 883 people heard a full gospel presentation through sharing two ways to live by only using a pen and a paper. Uh, 241 people believed after hearing the gospel. Only 68 uh, people that heard a partial gospel presentation said, hey, stop, we don't want to hear it. That's very small. 883 people sat and listened for four months, and only 68 people said, stop. Sixty-eight of them said, we don't want to hear any more of this gospel. So we were also able to train and equip 290 people during our training. Uh, and then the local people can do it in about three minutes. And we did see 11 people baptized. I'm sure there was more people baptized, but uh, not all the pastors reported back information. Uh, so Dr. Chetwood, the president of the International Mission Board, says the greatest problem in the world is lostness. And the only solution to this problem is the gospel. So I want to encourage you all to go and make disciples. In this slide, you'll see a couple. It's right next to a whiteboard. Uh, they're, they're practicing uh, two ways to live. They're going to do a training. So my question is, are you making disciples? Are you making disciples who are making disciples? This couple, I know they look super young, but they have five kids. Uh, the oldest is... Anyhow, so... but. They are super young, like so, but they got five kids. They also own a business as well, and they also lead worship at church and are very involved in church. These are also one, um, are one, two, three students, and they want to be uh, missionaries. And uh, so there is no excuse. If anyone has excuses, this couple, they are swamped, but they will go out anytime, anywhere. We'll go, hey, we want to go. And they actually came. Uh, that's the couple that you saw that was in the Philippines that went to the prison to share the gospel. So um, it's important that all of us uh, you know, share the gospel. So uh, I want to just share the quick gospel presentation in four minutes for you all. And this is what we do by use, just using a pen and a paper. This crown represents God. God created the universe, created the earth, created us humans. Mm -hmm. He had a very good plan for creating human beings, which is to have us relate to him. And through this relationship, we know him, we love him, and we glorify him too. But our ancestors, a long time ago, we rejected God. We wanted to go our own way. We wanted to be our own king, to be our own king in our world. We reject him so... Number one, we don't know him. Two, we don't love him. Three, we don't glorify him. We want to go our own way, which is called sin in the Bible. That's because the Bible says we are spiritually dead because of this sin. This is the price of sin. And spiritual death means we have no relationship with God. The Bible also says that God is light. 
with no relationship, we will die in the dark. God also said, God is love, because we don't have a relationship. We can't feel love. We'll be empty. But even in our sinful state, in this dark state, God still loves us. So he prepared for us. A very perfect plan. He sent his only son, Jesus, into this world. Jesus is very different than us. He knows God perfectly, loves God, and glorifies God. He never went his own way, so Jesus had no sin. He is perfect, and he knows God's love is great. So he not only loves God, he also loves everyone. He loves you, loves us, loves everyone. But because we rejected God, therefore we crucified Jesus. That is God's perfect plan to save us from death. God let Jesus, his son, die for our sins. The good news is that three days later, the Bible says that Jesus rose from the dead. Over 500 people saw him. His resurrection showed us the power of God. That one, that through this, he can forgive my sins. Two, he can also repair our relationship with God. And three, then he can give us eternal life. The meaning of eternal life is not that we will not die, but that after our physical death, our spirit has an eternal relationship with God. The Bible also says there are only two paths in life. The first is that we continue on our own path, going your own way. You will be in sin and in death, as the Bible says, forever empty, forever without light. God welcomes us through an invitation that we can walk the path he has arranged for us. But how do we do it? Only by trusting in Jesus. Trust in Jesus as our Savior so that we can walk in the way of God. If you want to believe in him today, then call out to God. Call him Lord. Say, Lord, I believe you are the only true God in this world. Lord, I also believe that I have been your enemy because of sin. So today, I trust in Jesus. Tell Jesus, Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I also believe that you have risen again and are still alive. Jesus, I believe you can forgive my sins. You can repair my relationship with God. Lord, I also believe that you can give me eternal life. Today, I trust you alone and will live the rest of my life walking the path God has laid for me. Amen. So if you've not chosen to choose the pathway to follow Jesus today, it's a great day to do that. If you haven't followed through with uh, believer baptism today, it's a great day to talk to your pastor about um, doing that. I want to close today by really encouraging you three things. How can you be involved in what we're doing in East Taiwan? And uh, one is by praying. Uh, two is uh, by uh, giving to Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Uh, one thing that's neat about what Lottie Moon Christmas offering now, you can actually give specifically to our ministry through the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. You can talk to your pastor of how to do that. Uh, the neat thing about that is there's accountability. If you want to know, hey, how much, like if, if $10 would be a Bible in our area. So if you want to know about giving, you can talk to your pastor about that. And I just want to say one thing about that, too. If you don't hear anything else we say today, I want to make sure you heard from us. Thank you. 
Um, Southern Baptists, you put us in a different uh, position. When we come to the United States, we don't have to go around from church to church and ask people to give to our ministry so that we can live overseas. We are just here to say thank you for already giving. So we really appreciate your partnership through the cooperative program and Lottie Moon Christmas offering. We're one of the, probably one of the only missions agency in the world that we can focus on doing ministry all the time and we don't have to do that. Many of our uh, friends that we know in Taiwan come to the States for six months and come and, and do that. But the third thing is uh, praying, giving, and third is going. If you go to the imd.org website, there's uh, forward slash go. There's a lot of opportunities for students, uh, whether short term or long term, or how to uh, become an IMD missionary. I encourage you to talk to your pastor uh, about that. And if you'd like to talk to us more, we're, we're happy to talk with y'all. So we just want to thank, thank you so much for your time. And we're just so uh, grateful that uh, you allowed us to come and share what God is doing uh, in East Taiwan. All right, thank you so much. Um, just a couple questions. Mm -hmm. First of all, tell us what <laughs> this is that you have on. All right, so this is from the Bunun tribe. Each tribe has their own vest and, and clothing and so when we went to Taidong, uh, it was very rare what the tribes did. They welcomed us into the tribes and gave us tribal names and we have tribal clothing and uh, the other tribes uh, told us that this is very rare, very unusual that they will welcome you into as an outsider into this. So this is from the Bunun tribe given us um, by one of the Bunun, actually the Hua Yu missionary drove on my motorcycle for what, for an hour to pick up a vest. So that's what this vest is from. Awesome. All right, so second question. Uh, you're missionaries in East Taiwan, and because you're missionaries, uh, tell us what special, amazing, superhuman, unbelievable qualifications and skills that you have that made you become missionaries. So used to when we would go and talk to people, afterwards they would come up to us and say, I could never do what you do. And I thought, I've got to come up with the answer for that. And so guess what my answer is? You're right. <laughs> you couldn't do what I do. And I couldn't do it either in my own strength. We only, we just have the Lord with us and he guides us. And you could not do it. I cannot do it without him. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just uh, for to go into missions. I actually used to work at Walmart, by the way, so whew, every day people, my coworkers needed Jesus, the customers needed Jesus. So, um, but yeah, you don't have to have special you know, qualifications. The number one qualification is you have a personal relationship with Jesus, that you're, you're a Christian. And, and secondly is um, don't ask, oh, should I go? You need to be asked the question is, why, Lord, should I stay here? Why in the world, Lord, do you want me to stay here? Why in the world should I not be there? So, that, so as missionaries, uh, Tommy Ann, she comes from a finance background. Uh, I came out single. Tommy Ann came out single. That's how we met on the field. Uh, she uh, worked at, you can tell me what you did. Yeah, I mean, there's so many needs on the field. You might think, well, I could never be a church planner. Well, you could, but if you think you can't do that, I mean, there's so many ways to serve. And you can serve like we have. We've been for 17 years overseas. 
but that's not the only way you can serve. There's short-term programs where you can go for a year or two, a month or two, a week or two. So there's just so many ways to serve. I would really encourage you to pray and ask the Lord where he's calling you to go. And so uh, the IMB is amazing that we've been around for a very, very long time, 178 years, I think now. And uh, even if you don't have any, any experience, but it's a clear calling from the Lord to go overseas, um, the IMB does an excellent job at training and, and equipping you and partnering you up with uh, experienced IMB missionaries on the field. So anyone can go as you go. All right, praise the Lord. Well, thank you so much. Will you show your appreciation for them? <laughs> okay. Thank you. We want to close out our time uh, praying for you and praying for, uh, for the work that you're doing. And so we're going to close uh, in that uh, in just a moment. But also, we want to pray for us. Maybe there's uh, someone in this room, uh, maybe in middle school, maybe in high school, maybe an adult, maybe a young family, uh, that the Lord has placed a seed, has placed a burden uh, to go somewhere where lostness is great. I, I, I think about that number. You said uh, 45,000 mm -hmm. a day. Mm -hmm. That's roughly, I, I looked at some of the numbers, that's the, the population in 2021 for the town of Wake Forest was 49,000. Mm -hmm. So just to put it in perspective, imagine about the time, about the, the town of Wake Forest, everyone in Wake Forest, Dying every day, not knowing that God loves them and sent his son to save them. There is a great need, and, and we can all play a part in that by praying and giving and going. So at this time, if it's okay with you, we'd like to lay hands on you and pray. I know you're, you're being sent out technically by Inglewood Baptist and Rocky Mount, right? Uh, so we, uh, we're thankful for them and, and how they've invested in you, but... But uh, we appreciate you, and we want to pray for you. So, uh, if you're if you're willing and able, will you make your way up to the front? We'll have you guys come up here. Uh, make your way over here, and let's uh, let's pray for them and the work that they're doing and going to be doing. Uh, it, we can just do it in the middle. That's fine. You don't have to be right in front of me. There we go. Right. We'll give a moment for everyone to get here. Okay. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jonathan and Tommy Ann and their work in East Taiwan among the aboriginal people of that island, Lord, we thank you for the stories that we've heard. And it's not it's not stories that are meant to bring praise to Jonathan and Tommy Ann, but, uh, but God, you're working in them and through them. And for that, we give you praise. Lord, we thank you for that great vision and revelation of people from every tribe, tongue and language and nation gathered around the throne. And Lord, some of those people are going to be there from Taiwan and from these tribes and and, Lord, what a glorious day that's going to be when all the redeemed are gathered at the feet of Jesus, singing with grateful hearts. Lord, we pray that you would raise up workers 
raise up laborers for the harvest. God, we thank you that the harvest is plentiful, that it's there, it's ripe, it's ready. And Lord, we just ask that you would raise up those who will go, both within Poplar Springs, but also around the world, the missionaries who are going through the one, two, three, next generation, the Hawaii missionaries that will uh, be participating, the pastors that are being raised up, the, the people that will be called out of their churches, Lord. We thank you, God, for the for the glimpse of, God, we, we, we get a peek behind the curtain of how you're working all around the world, and it's, it's glorious to see. But Lord, we pray for the logistics of going back. We pray for the adjustments and Lord, all the, the relationships that will be resumed and, and all the unforeseen circumstances, God, we know that your grace is sufficient. Lord, we pray your blessings on Jonathan and Tanahee. We thank you for them taking the time to share with us this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.